Hello and welcome to the British English Podcast with your host Charlie Baxter. And uh, today we're going to be doing an episode all on football. That's right. We've got a guy here because I know nothing about football, really. Uh, so we've got a guy here who knows a lot more than me about football. And this man, he's been on the show before. He has a bloody good podcast himself. It's Martin from Rock and Roll English. How are you doing, Martin? Very good, Charlie. Very excited about this episode. Happy to be here, obviously, but cannot wait for this episode. My favourite topic in the world. Fantastic. And the sign behind you, it says Rock and Roll English, but it feels like it's got a bit of a football fans kind of vibe. Is that right? Would you uh, say? That's interesting, actually. Yeah, because certainly in uh, England matches, you often see people with flags um, exactly like this with something written. Something interesting about this, I've always thought, if you look at, for example, World Cups until about 1990, it would always be the Union Jack flag at England games and then like something written like, uh, I don't know, like Manchester or something like this. They were always Union Jacks, but then it changed around about 96. And now if you look at an England game, there's only the St. George's flag. You won't see the Union Jack flag. Oh, wow. No. I've only thought of the um, St. George's flag for, for football for yeah, England. It's strange. It, it, to me, it makes sense, though, because it's... England. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's very strange. But yeah, if you look like 1919 going ah. back, it was always the Union Jack. I don't know why that changed, but it has. Yeah. Wow. Did we have um, different national teams within the UK? Yeah. Within Great yeah, Britain? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah. The, the different national teams in the UK. That's That's been going on for like since the beginning. So like more than 100 years. And again, that's strange because, for example, in the Olympics, there is like the... GB team, no Great Britain. So, like, we're all together. But for other sports like rugby, football, we're separate. So, yeah, it is strange. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you are English. You're, you're um, from s south of London? No, forgive Essex. me. Essex. Whereabouts exactly? Yeah. Essex, East London. And okay, let, let's just go straight back to um, how it was as a young kid growing up. How much was football a thing for you? And when do you feel like it started to become important in your life? This episode comes with a free worksheet over on the website, thebritishenglishpodcast.com. So grab that and you can listen along whilst using it. Right. Well, my family, so because often it's someone that's really into football, maybe they, they get this from their dad or something like that. So that wasn't the case for me. So I got into football. It sounds a bit stupid to say late because I was probably about eight or nine. But for other people, so for example, if I look at my cousin who is into football, his kids that are like four and five a football mad already. Well, so that wasn't really the case with me because I didn't come from a football family. But because at the school I went to, it was such a big thing. Um, and then I started playing football because like everyone else at school was playing football. And then from then onwards, I mean, <laughs> it was 
it, instead of a part of my life, it it was my life. Like until oh, wow. I was like, whew, well, probably about twenty eight. <laughs> yeah, twenty eight. Yeah. Good God, is twenty eight when? No, you didn't become a father at twenty eight. No, it was no. a little bit later. So what start? What changed? Then? Um, I I don't know actually, but I, maybe it was just a thing with age. But for example, until that age. Like I, I couldn't miss a match, like even on TV. Like I, I remember, for example, I was living in Rome and, for example, my mum came to visit me and, you know, she was obviously keen to look around the sites like Colosseum, the Vatican. And I said, like, I really want to go to the pub to watch Tottenham Newcastle and two teams that didn't interest me at all. But I just thought this is a really good match. And I think I had some players in my fantasy football team. So I was like, I really want to watch this. Um, Which we'll get to. Yeah. Fantasy um, football. So yeah. Um, whilst now I do kind of think, you know, obviously I still love football and stuff, but I do kind of think it would be good to, you know, concentrate on other things in life as well. Yeah. Um, okay. Because there's more to life apparently. Yeah. Than because football. yeah, I remember as well, people inviting me to things like certainly in Italy, people, would say for example do you want to come to lunch on sunday and i would say for example no because it's arsenal chelsea i can't so uh... <laughs> okay yeah okay I, i've have had a few friends like this mm. but this i would say is kind of borderline extreme yeah but would you would you agree or do you have other friends that are even more fanatic about it than you well yeah my, my kind of group of friends growing up it was all kind of the same, really. So that was never a problem between us. Um, but yeah, so that, like I said, when I got older and then kind of realised actually that that is a bit stupid to not go and see like friends and family because there's a football <laughs> match which isn't actually even particularly interesting. But e- even now, if there's a really big match on, for example, this Sunday, it's Manchester United-Liverpool. So like, I've said to my wife, like, Sunday we're not doing anything at that time because I, I have to watch that. But for like the, Sunday, I'm not a father. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for, that's for the really big matches, but um, but not every week for like matches that are not even important. That that's quite rare. I mean, I, I don't actually watch a lot of football these days because obviously, you know, wife, child is is a bit more difficult to fit it in. Yeah, understandable. But let's um, let's paint a picture for the non-native who's coming to the UK who hasn't really had much experience with football. You you said that it started at the old age of eight, <laughs> and um, you said that your father didn't necessarily introduce you to football no, that yeah. much. But did you go to football games sometimes on the weekend to see your favourite team? So from that age onwards, yes. Before that, no. But then, yeah, that was quite a regular. Um, regular occurrence growing up okay. and then I used to go with like other f- friends to watch other teams especially London clubs because obviously Essex is not far from London so I went to Tottenham quite a lot West Ham um, Arsenal a few times yeah all over really wow yeah it sounds exciting for a, an eight-year-old to you know 16 year old maybe even 28 year old so it, it 50 year old actually is much more exciting when you're older because when you're eight you can't really get involved in the pre-match drinking beer and stuff like this um but when you get older and you make a real day of it and so in i think probably like my mid-20s when i was about t- 24 i started getting into the away day thing so you you watch your team play away so obviously at home that means so 
like my team obviously was uh, Manchester United, one of those people from the South that support Manchester United. But anyway, um, and when you go to a home game, so that would be in Manchester, you know, there's lots of fans. But when you go to an away game, it's kind of like the hardcore and it's it's really actually exciting. And we actually went to a few games around Europe as well. So then you make like a weekend of it or well, actually a midweek because it was often midweek. So we went to like Milan, Munich, Romania, Switzerland, loads of different countries. And yeah, brilliant times. Okay, so you're taking it to the next level, making it a full-on weekend getaway kind of yeah. experience. And it, it is, yeah, it is just yeah, a great excuse to visit another country and often behave like a, a yob, um, which is a, 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 a lovely yob. word. Although, yeah. yeah, I must admit, I, 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 you know, obviously I, I enjoyed drinking before matches, singing songs at football matches. That's one of my favourite things to do okay um with your top off uh, no never top off never i mean okay you're not a full-blown yob no then. definitely not like especially you know things like violence i mean there are other reasons for this as well so for example violence one anyone above the age of 13 would probably take me in a fight anyway so <laughs> definitely stay away from the violence um and taking my top off i'm i've got a quite skinny hairy body so I, I try and keep that under wraps as much as i can really what if you're actually playing and you score a goal do you have a, a really good goal would you ever take your top i've off? never taken my top off i mean i i've scored a few good goals in my time but i've never i've never been that excited to uh to take off my top um <laughs> we're going off topic here but uh what about the beach when you go to the beach you take the top off yeah no i'll, t I'll take it off there that, that's okay you, you kind okay. of have to really don't you look like a bit of an idiot if you don't <laughs> i go yeah i go with like my pajama top on to the beach and get in the water it's nothing there's nothing worse than seeing someone i think get in the water like an adult with like a t-shirt on or clothes on yeah clothes on yeah. it just looks so stupid yeah <laughs> It does. Looks like they've um, slightly lost the plot. Yeah. But let's go back. So weekend, a weekend of football, maybe starting when you were a kid. So it's not all about getting on the beers mm. at that age. What would you say kicks it off? Not kick off. What kicks the, the day off? Would you say what was the beginning part of the day? Let's imagine it. Yeah. So it's the, the traveling, which is also quite fun as well. So, I mean, basically, if you're going anywhere, even if I was going to a like, match in London, still had to like meet your friends at the train station, get on the train, talking about the match. That was always like the excitement bit. And again, when you're older, that still happens. But then it's kind of like beers on the train, which is. Uh, yeah which is which is good and when i went to like further matches like when i went to manchester quite often often would be waking up early if it was an early kickoff going to get the coach because there was like a supporters club coming from essex and getting on the coach and so and then arriving at the ground and yeah it's just it's just it's just a and great day out and how many hours before kickoff would you get there again depends on your age because when you're a child you only really need to get there like an hour before have a look around when you're a kid often people go to like the club shop and you know maybe have a look around there but when you're older the, the idea is to to try and get as much drinking time 
in before the yes. match as you can. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So there's loads of pubs around the grounds that people cram themselves into, right? Yeah. And they especially as many beers as possible. Especially in the traditional football grounds like because now there's lots of new ones being built and obviously they're often built kind of like outside the city and like a kind of industrial park kind of thing but in the traditional grounds so if you think of like liverpool everton it's literally like council houses football ground council houses like it's like bang in the middle it's like you can literally live next door to a football ground and in those ones there's lots of pubs around in the area yeah We're just going to take a break right now to tell you that this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. And I want to ask you a couple of things. Do you check your car into the garage for a service every now and then to ensure it doesn't break down when you really need it to perform for you? Uh, Do you get annual checkups at the doctor's or even do your household chores to avoid a giant mess of a house and an infestation of mice? If you still haven't cottoned on to where I'm going with this, then I'm saying that going to therapy is like all of these analogies. Another philosophical quote for you is a stitch in time saves nine. A stitch in time saves nine. Meaning if you have a small tear in your jeans, for example, act now and you'll only need one stitch to fix it. But leave it a while and it will get bigger and you'll perhaps need nine stitches to solve the initial problem. Anyway, routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road is fast becoming the norm in this day and age. We can let go of that stiff upper lip attitude and feel comfortable saying, I see a therapist. BetterHelp is customised online therapy that offers video, phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. And as a listener of the British English podcast, you can get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash BEP. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash B-E-P. But that's enough from the sponsor. On with the show. Yeah. Okay. So let's um, maybe reel off some of the most famous football clubs that even if we met um, in a more natural way and became friends and you you realised that I wasn't much of a football fan. Yeah. You'd obviously be very disappointed in me. But what Definitely. kind of things would you, what kind of things would you assume that I still know? Like if I didn't know Manchester United, you'd be like, yeah, no, what possible. are you, who yeah. are you? Yeah. That's impossible. I mean, so yeah, I think even worldwide, that's it's fairly difficult, I think, not to know manchester united but certainly if you like grew up in england i think it's impossible um yeah yeah so we've got man U. yeah so the the liverpool and i think maybe arsenal are probably the biggest like in terms of widely known i mean again growing up in england i think other people would know other teams like tottenham who else i don't know for someone that's completely not into football yeah they're the most kind of famous 
teams, I suppose. But um, okay, you haven't said the one that I actually supported growing up, Chelsea. Right. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Would you say that they rival? You know, in my opinion, they do, but maybe not. No, in, of, in terms of the world's fame, certainly these days, yeah. Because when I was a child, they they weren't such a big team. It was only when the, this uh, Russian guy came in. Abramovich, and yeah. then they started spending loads of money. But certainly now, so for the last 15, so since like 2003, four, so like 17, 18 years. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But after, the, after Gifranco, Gifranco Zola, Zola, after he left. Yeah. Um, and there was actually a pizza named after him in Sainsbury's, a supermarket <laughs> in England, because he was so popular. <laughs> the Gianfranco Zola pizza. Great pizza. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, okay, so we've got we've got four or five big teams. There's obviously at least probably twenty that we should talk about, but we don't have time. Yeah. I don't think um, you, as a non-native, need to know them. But yeah, those are the five, uh, four or five. Um, Arsenal is in London. Chelsea is in London. Tottenham's in London. And then yeah. we've got Manchester and Liverpool. That's obvious. Tottenham's so, an interesting um, one, I think, especially for English learners, because that's always pronounced like Tottenham, but anyone in England will always just say Tottenham. Like there's lots of letters yeah. there, which we just completely forget about. Yeah. Yeah. We crush them. Yeah. We? Yeah. Tottenham. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Okay. And what about some famous football figures? We've obviously already mentioned the man that had a pizza named after him, Zola, but uh, we've also got some national heroes from football. What would you assume that would be quite good to mention? But again, for, for people that are not English and not into football, I don't even know how many. Actually, of course, actually, David Beckham, I suppose, is a national treasure as far as I'm concerned. Like, I, I think get rid of the royal family, get him on board is what I think. <laughs> um, so he's the one I think. Give him the crown. Yeah, exactly. He's the one I think is sort of globally known Whilst apart from him, if you're not into football, I mean, people like Wayne Rooney, Stephen Gerrard, Gary Lineker, Bobby Charlton, but I don't think many people will know them if they're not into football. Yeah, Gary Lineker, he's a TV presenter, so he might come up a bit more often. Yeah, again, though, only in England, like even if I ask people in Italy, do you know who Gary Lineker is? They don't. And he, like David Beckham, in my opinion, is another national treasure. He's just brilliant. And so funny as well his his gags on um match of the day which again is a huge part for in my opinion of british culture match of the day program that has been on for about 60 years something like that always saturday 10:30 which when i was a child was impossible to stay up for because like 10:30 at night when you're like 9 I would always fall asleep. And even now, to be honest, I still fall asleep if I watch it. But um, And they show highlights of the matches that have been played because traditionally all matches were played Saturday, three o'clock. And I always wondered why it was on so late. I always, I always thought, why can't they do this earlier? But apparently the reason what, is... match of the day or the football? Yeah, match of the day. Yeah, what, what I thought, why does this have to be on so late? But the reason is, so if you've been to a football match, so that's like basically three till five... And you're, you've travelled to the other side of the country. You then need time to come home. And then when you get home, you watch Match of the Day. That's the idea. Yeah, that does make sense. Mm. I also heard something recently about the broadcasting of the football itself. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rules around this, right? You can't 
you can't show all of the Premier League games because at the time of them actually being played. Is yeah, that right? so if they want you to go and see exactly, it. yeah. So if it's Saturday three o'clock, that game in England anyway will not be shown on TV. You can find it on some dodgy illegal stream. Um, and strangely enough, you can watch it in other countries. For example, you can watch that in Italy, but you can't watch that in England because traditionally all of the matches were played Saturday, three o'clock. And now because of TV, they're kind of moved, but the other ones will be on TV, but those matches never on TV. You've obviously uh, got a lot more to do as an adult when you're at the game. Of course. Are drinking? Yeah. yeah. And not getting your top off, but, you know, singing your heart out. <laughs> oh, yeah. definitely. F- football songs, I, I just want to say, like, are just the most amazing thing. And I've, I've since realised, now having a child, that most of... They're all based on, like, kids' nursery rhymes, basically. Are they? Um, and so I always find it strange how you get generally a lot of, like, men aged from 20 to... 50 60 singing like child's nursery rhyme at the top of their voices and i think as well english people are particularly good at songs and and i think quite quite well traveled my my favorite i think has to be I and mean, this was actually a boxing fight and it was an american boxer against an english boxer in about 2007 they were singing um you can stick your fucking dollars up your ass because it was like just singing to the Americans just to like try and get one over on it. So they carry on. You can stick your fucking dollars, stick your fucking, stick your fucking dollars up your ass because there's two dollars to the pound because there's two dollars to the pound. And I just thought like trying to give it to some other people based on currency, the value of currency, I just thought is just a fantastic, fantastic thing to do. Whoever came up with that is a genius. Yeah, very creative. Yeah. I always want to know who's who's creating yeah, these that, songs. I, that's something I've never got to the bottom of. I, I don't know how that works. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's case a, number one. Yeah, yeah, it's a strange thing. Okay, so you like doing that. You like singing. You like drinking. Conversation-wise, you mentioned um, the the fantasy leagues. Mm. When did you get into this and what is it? I'm just going to interrupt this episode by telling you about an ebook and audiobook that Harry and I have done for anyone preparing for the IELTS exam. But this isn't just any old ebook slash audiobook. It is a highly intelligent and incredibly thorough one. You see, we noticed how many of our exam preparation students were stressing themselves out over studying long lists of idioms and phrasal verbs before exam day came, and then they didn't even get a chance to use 10% of what they had learnt in the exam. And after studying the marking criteria and really thinking about how often our students should be using idiomatic language in the exam, we took a step back and thought, if the examiner is only really wanting to hear a handful of idioms in the learner's answers, as any more would in fact be unnatural or overkill, meaning too much, if we curated a very short list of idioms that could be used to answer pretty much any IELTS question... Well, 
That way, the the student is able to go into the exam with these select idioms ready to use in whatever question that comes up. And you know what? It's really working. I won't go on about it anymore now. But if you did want to get your hands on these ten idioms that Harry and I have curated specifically for anyone preparing for an English exam, like the IELTS test. Arm yourself with these ten phrases that can be used in so many ways, really easily, and be given an incredibly thorough teaching process for each one to ensure you not only remember the phrase but you know exactly how to use them like a native would. Then, hey, today is your lucky day because we are giving it away for free. And all you need to do is find it in the show notes of this episode. Head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com and find it in the homepage, or just like the free worksheet for this episode, go to thebritishenglishpodcast.com forward slash freebies. That is F R E E B I E S. Okay, enough about the ebook and audiobook, but hope you like it, and let's get back to this week's episode. I'll start maybe with what is it? So um, you have this like fictional budget, let's say, of often I think it was is a hundred million, and then players are valued. You need to pick well eleven players and three subs using this money. So the best players, are obviously, the most expensive. So you can't pick all of the best players because you haven't got enough money. They're kind of like valued for how many points they score. They obviously get points for scoring goals, defenders for not conceding goals, etc. So you have to try and find a good balance of like good players and the the real skill is finding the players that don't have a high value but obviously can get high points. Um now I got into this. I mean, this has been going for years, but it kind of really took off. I think in about two thousand and seven, when the um, Premier League dot com created one, because um, you could actually do transfers every week and like really keep on top of this. And then that became like, I mean, I, I tell people that like, I haven't done it now in about seven years, and I tell people I've been clean for seven years now. Like it's because it was like a. A drug, like I do, feel like I've given up, like like crack、wow. or something like that. Yeah, because it was just, it was completely taken over my life. I remember having nightmares about my other, like my friends, players scoring goals, and that that caused me oh so much pain over the years. Yeah. So、um, and so, let me get this straight. So you choose your team,、mm. your fantasy team from real players. Yeah. And you have fake money,、yeah. and everyone's paid. A, everyone pays a little bit of money into this competition. Well, you can do that. You can do、um, a bet between you. So you're you're in a league with your friends. So let's say there's five of us, and then we go in the league, and then you get points every week for how many players for how many. Points your players score, and they, these get added up, and then over the season, there's the winner. So often you get people like putting in like I don't know ten pound each or whatever, and the, the winner takes all. But it's more the pride, to be honest.、Um, I was in a couple of leagues, one with let's say my friends from school. There was never any money involved there, but that that really meant a lot, and I actually only won that once.、Um, but My other with my friends from university. Year, I used to have a bet with one of my friends where whoever lost had to pay the winner 
a £50, but a £50 note, which are quite rare in England, aren't they? It's rare you see one of those red £50 notes. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's right. And it had to be a crisp £50 note. So, And luckily, I never lost this. But my friend told me every year he had to queue up at the bank and then ask for a £50 note. And then when they gave it to him, he said, no, that's not that's not crisp enough. I need, I need it better than that. And, uh, <laughs> and then give it to me. And then you've got to travel with it very yeah. precariously. So yeah, he used, to not put it, fold it. he used to put it in a book. Yeah, yeah just to stop. Mm. Yeah, but, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, great times. Yeah, going back a bit, using books and money, real money, back in the day. Okay, fantasy football, uh, that was a thing. And the reason I brought that up was because I assume that is what you guys are talking about when you're drinking and you're getting ready for the football. Is that what you are Uh, mainly talking about? Not that much. It, It depends. So when you're in that environment of in the pub before the match, Maybe you often get talking to some other people as well, and they don't necessarily definitely like fantasy football. So maybe with your close friends, you can talk about that. But yeah, some people actually don't like it because it can can be like a conflict of interests. So for example, if you support Manchester United and they're playing Chelsea and you've got some Chelsea players in your team, it's a bit of a conflict of interests, really. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, stay away from that. Okay, what do you talk about then? Well, so when... Yeah, you go with a friend. I mean, you, I mean, it's just like I said, it's just a day out, really. So you're not even necessarily talking about football. You're just having a, a normal chat, and obviously, football comes up, and then maybe you, you may talk about who's going to be playing because obviously you haven't seen the team yet. You might be talking about that, what it can mean, like if it's an important match. Certainly, more after the match, you you would talk about it um, because obviously, when you're there as well. Like you can miss moments when you're at home, you, you know, you see the replay and, but when you, when you're there, you can almost miss things. So you kind of just talk about it, but, but yeah, like it, it's more of just a day out really. So it, even after the match, you're kind of talking, you know, where to get some food and stuff like this, really just, yeah, no, normal chat really. So it's a, it's a good day out. It includes the football, but you're not absolutely obsessed with the conversation being around football. No, absolutely not. Like I said, that that's the great thing of it's a, a great day out, a great experience. So with my friend with which we traveled, so with whom I suppose is the correct way to say that, I traveled around Europe. So it was always, we, we talk about the trips more than anything. We actually once even drove to Munich from London in my friend's car and my friend has an old school mini cooper so and we drove to munich from london and you know that that was a great road trip and if anything we talk about the fact that we had those cadbury's mini rolls keeping us company the whole time (laughs) and what it you know like every sort of like few hours we would just you know be driving for many hours just needed that sugar boost so we just said i think it's time for a mini roll and that that was like the best part of the trip <laughs> you don't even remember the result necessarily yeah. just the mini rolls exactly yeah. that that's the main part of that trip that was that was fantastic yeah nice so it's a a tool to create memories but yeah, uh definitely a good excuse for a, a memory yeah definitely okay nice unfortunately that's all we've got time for 
So thank you very much for telling me a little bit more about the wonders of football. I, I feel like we've just scratched the surface, but that's all we've got time for for part one. But stick around, guys, because we've got part two and part three. We're going to be talking about hooliganism. It's a quite a hard word to say. Can you say that word for me, Martin? It is a bit difficult. Hooliganism. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, perhaps even the highs and lows of football for British people or English people over the last couple of decades, maybe even 60 years. So we've got lots more to talk about in part two and three. If you are here just for part one, thank you very much for sticking around and make sure you go and check out Martin's podcast, Rock and Roll English. But thank you very much, Martin. And we will see uh, everyone in the Premium and Academy in part two and three. Goodbye, weekly listeners, and see the other people in part two and three. <laughs> all right. See you soon, guys. Bye-bye. That's all from me this week. I hope you have a good seven days ahead of you. My name is Charlie Baxter, and I will see you next time on the British English Podcast. Podcast.